Thank you for listening to the Data is My Science podcast, the show that makes data your passion. With your host, Dapper Data. What's up, what's up, what's up, everybody? You're listening to the Data is My Science podcast, the show to make data your passion. I am your host, Dapper Data. And today we are going to talk about something that everybody in the world is talking about these days, cryptocurrency, blockchain, right? Those buzzwords that we hear, right? We're going to also tie it into some digital marketing as well, right? We're going to have a little bit of fun. And I brought a special guest on. I'll introduce this special guest in a little bit. But as you know, today's society has grown to be highly digitalized, right? Where technologies are playing a large role in everyone's life. And moreover, society is still developing at a rapid pace with a new innovation around the cor- every corner, right? And so you have crypto wallet, right? You're going to hear about this, right? We're going we're to educate you all on this and how data plays a big part in that. And we think blockchain, okay? Uh, probably everybody in the world uh, has heard blockchain by now. But if you think about blockchain, right, if you look up the definition of it, it talks about how it is a shared immutable ledger that facilitates the process of recording transactions and tracking assets in a business network, okay? So really let that sink in, okay? And, and, and we're gonna dive into a little bit differently and, and figure out how blockchain plays a big part in the digital marketing space, okay? So now let's get into this guest, right? This very knowledgeable, this very smart, very intelligent guest that we have on the, <laughs> on the call. So I wanna introduce you all to Vanita Ivanova, Okay, this woman right here is an amazing woman. Vanina has more than 15 years of experience in advertising and online marketing. She has ran and managed huge digital marketing projects in the fintech industry, okay, and has been a part of the team of a major cloud storage provider. Uh, And I probably want to know who that is. Okay, so we will talk about that. <laughs> but in the past five years, Benita has 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 been running the marketing growth and sales team at AdX Network. AdX is a blockchain powered system that is bringing full transparency to the digital marketing space. So we're definitely going to dive into that and talk about how those two play together. All right. So Benita, tell them a little bit about yourself. Hi, first of all, thank you for having me. It's a real pleasure to be and an honor to be a guest on the on the podcast. Uh, I recently subscribed and now I'm a big fan. Um, uh, (laughs) As you as you mentioned, I've been in digital marketing and in traditional marketing for about uh, a little over 15 years, I think, or maybe even more. I don't like to think about those things and about (laughs) me aging. Um, but I've always, I've always gravitated towards uh, technology-driven companies because this is something that excites me. This is this is what keeps it interesting for me. Um, the cloud storage provider that I used to work for is called P Cloud, mm. and it's a um, it's a platform developed here in in Bulgaria, where I'm based in Eastern Europe. But it's a fantastic, fantastic alternative to Dropbox or Mega. Or, or any other cloud storage service that you have oh, on the nice. market in terms of, of privacy, in terms of technology. Uh, and I haven't worked for the company for a long time uh, now, but I am still, uh, we used to say that there are no former P-clouders uh, when I used to work mm-hmm. there. That's very, very true. 
so yeah, that that's the cloud storage provider that I used uh, that I used to work for. Um, but after that, I was introduced to the Adex Network team. That was the name of the company back then. Today we're called Ambaya, and we. Recently, a few months ago, we rebranded because we launched a new flagship product. And when we launched uh, about six years ago, Adex Network made sense because back then we were only working on a single product that was an ad exchange, basically a blockchain-based ad network. So Adex Network made a lot of sense um, in terms of branding. But now that we have um, branched into um, DeFi and crypto wallets, it made sense to rebrand. And now we're called Ambire. We still have the ad network. It's called Ambire Adex now. And we're also working on Ambire Wallet, a new generation smart cryptocurrency wallet is it's so exciting, at least to me. <laughs> I know that I'm very biased, <laughs> but we're creating wonderful, wonderful product, and this is what we have. I, I have been doing uh, recently together, together with the Ambaya team. No, thank you. I appreciate that. You know, thanks for letting the audience know the moves that you are making. You know, in this world of uh, of crypto uh, currency and you know blockchain. Um, you know, I really want to dive into this uh, Ambar wallet, right? You know, when you uh, when you mentioned that, right? I did research on my own, and I thought this was an amazing solution, right? An amazing product, and I thought that the world needed to know about this, right? The audience needed to hear about this because if you don't know about cryptocurrency these days, right? You have you you you're you're far behind the curve, right? If you haven't even heard it, heard the word cryptocurrency, then I don't know where you have been at in your house, right? You know, so it's everywhere. It's on the news, it's on your phone, you know, everywhere you go, even if you're not investing in it, it's there. Now, uh, understanding it is a different story, right? Understanding how it really works, right? It's, it's very difficult for some people to grasp that. And uh, getting into the, the wallet part of things, right? The crypto wallet features and stuff. Uh, you know, what does Ambar Wallet bring? What is it? What is it? What, how is it? what is it doing, right, to solve you know different problems in the world and stuff. Right. If you if you allow me to take uh, to take a step back and kind of mm -hmm. um, uh, you know uh, build upon what you what you just said, it is very hard to understand blockchain and crypto. Sometimes it, there's a very very steep learning curve, and here I have a little bit of a sociological, so like anthropological, anthropological, sorry, uh, observation. Mm -hmm. um, our generation is a lot more tech savvy and, you know, I'm actually, I'm a millennial. So I, I'm one of those people who were not born with this technology that we have today, but got it in a, at a relatively early age and learned how to use it relatively quickly. But think about our parents and our parents and their generation. You know, we, we may joke and call them boomers. But they are people who are available on the market and they have money to spend. Right. So we have sure. to. So we have to consider them. We have to consider them. Yeah. When when we build and create products, and this is a generation that grew up using no technology at all. The most complex tool that they would use was perhaps a calculator or mm -hmm. a rotary phone. So imagine living a life in which you have to jump from a calculator. Uh, to a uh, desktop computer, to a smartphone or a portable computer, mm. 
to blockchain and cryptocurrency. Oh, it man. is a very it's a very big <laughs> shift, right? It's a very I yeah. can kind of understand people who don't quite understand crypto and blockchain because it is complicated on its own and it mm. gets even more complicated when you have lived your life brainwired not to use technology. Um, mm -hmm. and maybe not to even trust it uh, in, in some cases. So uh, I can understand people's hesitation not to touch crypto, even though, as you said, it's all over the place. You open, mm -hmm. like you, you switch on the TV, this crypto. You open your laptop, crypto. You open the fridge, crypto. So right. <laughs> <laughs> Every, exactly. everybody's talking about, exactly, everybody's yeah. talking about crypto and blockchain. Legislators and governments are beginning to look into it as well, which is a major indication about adoption um so i can understand why why some people are hesitant but they they shouldn't really be um and i'm glad that there are podcasts like yours and you know there's a, there are media outlets that help people understand that crypto is actually a lot more accessible than than people may think it is mm -hmm. um and then with this uh with this sort of like derailing the conversation a little bit uh, I, I think oh, no. it's time to go back to to Empire Wallet um, and uh, and give you a little uh, a little nugget about our company history everything that we do at uh, at Empire we we do out of passion and we do out of necessity we see a problem we try to find a solution because we're not mm -hmm. going to reinvent the wheel it has already been invented right. uh, but so if we try and find a solution that works for us then that's great we're going to use this tool but if there isn't one, we're just going to create it. And that's how we started with the Addicts Network. That, that's the, the history of the ad network that we have. We were looking to monetize a different product of ours, a video streaming platform, and tried various traditional advertising networks. And we realized very quickly that they were all giving us um, doctored reports. They were providing us with fake data about our traffic, about our revenue. Mm -hmm. Um, and they were spoiling the user experience of people. So we decided that, hey, this is not going to work. If that's not going to work, we should create our own um, our own ad network. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, and we started looking into the different problems. Like we, we, we started from identifying the biggest problems of existing networks and then finding the technology that would help us solve those problems. And that's uh, that's where blockchain comes in. This is how we, we decided to use. Before that, we hadn't built on blockchain. We hadn't used it. But it seemed like a very, very good opportunity for us to solve the, the biggest problem that we saw with the advertising industry, with the ad tech industry in general. Uh, and that was the lack of accountability and the lack of transparency and centralized reporting. Mm. So this is what blockchain gave us. Blockchain gave us the transparency that we, that we felt... Uh, had to be reintroduced back to the to the uh, advertising supply chain management, and we started building on blockchain. And then, being a blockchain builders, uh, a group of blockchain builders, being a company that works with crypto every single day, both on a company and also on an individual level, all of us use crypto in our everyday life. Uh, we we quickly realized that existing cryptocurrency wallets um, were not ideal. There was a lot to be desired, especially yeah. when it came to user experience, to um, to UIs, to the way data is visualized and presented to the end user. Mm -hmm. uh, crypto wallets are confusing. Crypto wallets are confusing. If you are a crypto uh, and and you said that you are a crypto user uh, yourself, 
Uh, and, yeah, you've probably, and, and you've probably used different wallets like MetaMask, for example, which is the industry standard right, right now when it comes to um, to hot wallets um, or even Trezor and Ledger that are, again, the industry standard uh, for, for hardware wallets and for cold storage. And they're there still confusing. So, they are so confusing. <laughs> I, have been, I have been in, this, in the industry for like six years and, yeah. and I consider myself, you know, one of the OGs in crypto. Mm-hmm. Um, and I still have issues with MetaMask. I still have anxiety when I'm signing a transaction because I never know what I'm signing. I still have yeah. anxiety <laughs> when I get a weird error message and I need somebody to help me decode mm-hmm. that message and figure out what that means. And I still have to, uh, to I don't know, go and, and tweak gas prices and remember not to touch the gas limit if I want yeah. my transactions to pass through. And then, yeah, all this is confusing. And and I am in crypto. Imagine giving MetaMask in, to, to somebody who's just getting getting started with, with crypto. Oh, my God. They, they would be so lost. <laughs> exactly, exactly. They would be so lost. So then we saw um, an influx of, of mobile-friendly apps um, mostly powered by different crypto exchanges, like, for example, Coinbase, um, seeing that niche in the market and filling it to a certain extent. But again, these mobile-first apps leave a lot to be desired, again, in, in terms of, of interface and human friendliness, so to say. So this is this is how we decided to build Umbire. This is how we came up with the idea of creating a crypto wallet that is truly human readable <laughs> that is insanely good both for newbies and for beginners and for people who are experienced and people who are looking for something that gives them security ease of use and um and um is compatible with all the decentralized apps that they use on a daily basis. So that's how Ambire Wallet was was born. And because I noted, uh, because I mentioned newbies, obviously we're developing a wallet that is mostly suitable for mid-size to crypto users to whales. But mm. we also wanted to keep beginners in mind um, and create a truly universal um, tool. We created our non-custodial wallet with the possibility of signing up with email and password because adoption and onboarding are a big thing in marketing, as you probably know better than I do. And we wanted people to be able to get started in a couple of clicks and not have to remember a seed phrase because seed phrases are one of the things that really frustrates us a lot and losing the seed phrase and, and the possibility of, of losing all of your funds uh, when you're not able to recover an account. This is this is scary uh, to us. Yeah. So. And, and what they're doing is bringing comfort, right? And, and if you're bringing comfort to an end user that's new that comes in and they know that the, the, the process to even implement your solution is easy and it's, it, it makes them feel comfortable, right? You know, that's true marketing right there. That, you know, that a person can come in. If I feel at home, I feel comfortable within a product, you know, it honestly, it could have some flaws that I don't even care about, right? Because I'm, <laughs> because I now know that at the end of the day is I can understand the flaws. I can understand where my money is, right? You know, the, the more, the easier you make things as far as a process, the, the more comfortable it'll be. 
right? With the exactly, entire exactly. We we bring we bring people that sense of familiarity, that you know, that feeling of hey, this is something that I have seen before, this type of registration, and I know how to go through it. It's easy, mm -hmm. it's familiar to me. And then on top of that, there's the the added bonus of being able to recover your account if you lose your password mm -hmm. or you lose access to your email for some reason, because this is something that traditional crypto wallets does not do not allow. You lose your seed phrase, you are done. That's it. The money's lost. You can consider your crypto assets burned. Yeah. And this is the one yeah. thing that I think that this is the one thing that confuses beginners in crypto the most. What do you mean I can't recover my account? Like, what do you mean? I, like, <laughs> reset password link. There should oh be a goodness. password reset link, right? But there isn't. <laughs> right, right. I mean, where's the where's the forgot yeah. password button at? You know, so I can <laughs> exactly, exactly. So to a lot of people, this is this is very off-putting. Imagine you want to put your retirement investment into crypto. And you're facing a wallet that does not allow you to recover your account in case you lose your seed phrase. And if we're speaking about mm -hmm. retirement, you're probably having memory issues already, right? So, you know, losing the seed phrase is a real possibility. Mm -hmm. No, that yep. was uh, a boomer joke. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. But yeah. <laughs> it's true, though. It's true, you know. And, and, and it's important to understand. I mean, you know, when we think about crypto, crypto wallets, right, there, it's a revolutionary concept that is already uh, changing the world, right? And and when stuff changes in the world, if you're not, if it's going to, it's almost going too fast for us to keep up, right? The changes. And so you're taking it a step back and saying, look, I'm not gonna forget about you all who we've already passed in the crypto world, right? I'm gonna bring you all back along and we're gonna show you how we're solving some of the problems like lack of security, right? Or, uh, uh, you know, things are not like volatile, right? Or unreliable rate of transactions and things like that. Uh, those problems that you see, you're educating them, but you're also pro providing that comfort to say, look, I know that like, I'm gonna bring you along the way and still help you, help educate you on how to, uh, 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 I guess the novice to be comfortable with, with, this, with this solution, you know? Exactly. So that's good. Exactly, and not just for uh, again, not not just for novices. You you um, mentioned something that made me think of a feature at Umbire that we have because it's a smart wallet, and and a smart wallet means that every single account uh, created with Umbire is basically a smart contract of its own, uh, and this mm. allows us to do so much more than a traditional non-smart uh, wallet. And one of the things, uh, for example, that we can, for example, that we can do with Umbar is uh, transaction simulations. So when you initiate a transaction, especially if you're doing a chain of transactions, which is something again that most wallets do not support, but in in Umbar you can batch your transactions together Ooh. and execute multiple transactions with a single signature, uh, which first of all optimizes your your time, uh, second of all uh, optimizes your gas fees and transaction mm -hmm. costs. Uh, so when you do that, um, and when you uh, when you queue a few transactions after each other, Amber Wallet would do a simulation for you. And if mm -hmm. one of the transactions would fail for some reason, it would tell you, hey, 
one of the transactions is going to fail. This is the one that's going to fail. Would you like oh to remove my goodness. it from this batch to make sure that the whole batch is processed? Which is insane. I know. That I mean, is I am, crazy. Okay, <laughs> I apologize. I apologize to the listeners of this podcast. I am very, very biased <laughs> when it comes to Ambire. I love this product uh, more than I would love my firstborn when I have it, I guess. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> But this is something that you haven't seen and and perhaps will not see for a while in any other crypto wallet. And it is insanely efficient. It's insanely... And again, it's familiar because we're used to that process. Whenever we are using non-crypto software tools, mm-hmm. we're used to... And, you know, we're batching actions together. You are used to getting a notification, hey, this is going to fail, and then the whole batch is going to fail would you like to start over or would you like to remove it from, from the queue? So oh this is something, goodness. again, that is, first of all, insanely useful, insanely useful. And second of all, this is something that is very familiar to people and um, and makes them feel comfortable with it. And, and that's the way it should be. We should be comfortable when we're dealing yeah. with our own financial assets, whether they're crypto or, or traditional. Yeah, you're currency. allowing the user to, to know exactly what's going on with their stuff. You know, exactly. yeah, we're, we're, basically we're, we're putting the explanation on top. We're bringing that explanation to the user and we're putting it on top. We're telling people right. right now, instead of, instead of, again, I mentioned that and it frustrates me so much when I sign a transaction in MetaMask, for example, and I don't mm-hmm. know what I'm signing and what I'm doing in, in Ambar wallet, you get a, a message that tells you, you are, for example, swapping this cryptocurrency for that cryptocurrency, or you are sending this amount of that cryptocurrency to that person from your address book, or you're sending money to an address that is not in your address book. Would you like to verify that address mm-hmm. just to make sure you're not saying it, sending it to some scam address or to someone else. And cause you know, the transaction is not reversible. Mm-hmm. And you know, these are the little, little details that pile up together. And when you, uh, when they add up at the end of the day, you have a product, that is superior to any other other product on the market. Yeah. And again, I apologize for... It, d- it sounds biased, but <laughs> I, I definitely think that when the audience hears this, they're going to understand, man, well, the features that I currently use with my crypto wallet don't give me this, right? And, and they're going to be able to compare, you know? And so that's good, right? It's like, it's one of those things, hey, look, see it for yourself, right? You know, it's not all hype. Right. You're really telling them, you know, these are some great features. And, you know, it's, it's, it's revolutionary, right? It's changing the world, changing the game, right? You know, so. I like to think, I like to think that we are basically revamping the, the whole crypto wallet game. And I like to think that we're setting new standards for UX and for usability. We're just making crypto accessible. And, and we believe that this is, uh, this is the way to onboard the next 1 billion people to, to crypto because, yeah, as you said, everybody has heard about it. Not everybody has has uh, gotten their hands dirty, so to say, with with yeah. crypto by purchasing the crypto. And it could be it could be confusing. It could be uh, scary a little bit to people when they don't know the technology, when they they don't quite understand uh, the economical principles behind it. So yeah, um, it's up to us, blockchain builders, to bring people to blockchain and to empower them. With the ability to to use crypto in their everyday life, uh, we yeah. can't really we can't really 
expect people to go and read white papers and understand how it all started and you know right. start with the blockchain white paper and be confused for days <laughs> right that. right and read um, it about a hundred times and you're like, i'm still confused exactly, exactly. youtube so videos are confusing you, it doesn't matter all of this is that, that absolutely that complexity is for us builders to to solve not for people to experience Right, what what right. end users should should have in their hands is a product that first of all looks great, uh, second of all feel, feels familiar and feels safe and secure because it is safe and secure, um, and and third of all makes the experience enjoyable, just enjoyable. It, using crypto should not be frustrating. It should be easy. It should be fast. It should be efficient. And it, it shouldn't make people anxious or, or scary. And that's what we're doing with Empire. And it's the wallet is packed with so many features that I'd really encourage uh, anyone who's, who's into crypto or looking to get into crypto to go uh, and check it out. It's, it's insanely good. You can sign up in just a couple of clicks literally and um, even if you don't have any crypto already you can buy your first crypto within Ambar wallet with a credit mm. card for example we oh, nice. yeah we have yeah yeah we have integrated on ramp par partners so you can literally um get started uh, with Ambar and stay within Ambar for the rest of your life <laughs> oh man that's nice so so i want to I want to shift a little bit, right? You know, we talked about blockchain, we talked about umpire, umpire, and, you know, I think that those are, I mean, I think the solution, the product is amazing, right? And I want to talk about marketing and how data plays a, a, a big role in that, right? But really, I really want to jump to like combining or correlating blockchain and marketing, right? You know, I'm starting to see in digital marketing, that blockchain plays a big role. And when you think about it, blockchain is really forming um, a direct interaction between consumers and brand. You know, if you really, Absolutely. really sit down and think about it. And I don't really see a con in blockchain. I mean, maybe you might have it, but I, <laughs> but I see all pros, right? And uh, maybe I'm being biased towards that. I don't know. But uh, blockchain technology um, is eliminating that middleman, you know, using smart contracts, right? Like you Absolutely. said, instead of paying a burden to the middleman like Google or something like that, or Facebook, you know, or or other other uh, big name companies, right? And so understanding those pros, right? When I think about blockchain marketing, you know, you think about uh, trustworthiness, right? You think about, um, I don't know, uh, like preventing frauds, you know, you name it. Uh, where do you see, how do you see blockchain and marketing correlating um, or intertwining, you know, between each other? Right, right. Well, when you say blockchain, most people think about cryptocurrency and, and financial instruments and decentralized finance or DeFi. Um, mm -hmm. But the truth is that blockchain has applications within so many different areas of life. For mm -hmm. example, supply chain management, um, health records management, insurance, uh, even the travel industry and, and, and the hotel booking industry can benefit from, uh, from blockchain because it's, it's immutable. And um, and when it comes to to marketing, yeah, there's there's a problem with the with the um, ad sales supply chain because uh, you know I've been I've been in the role of the digital of the digital marketing director uh, for years, 
the person who is literally pouring amounts of money into a certain ad network, getting back some output, but still dealing with a with a black box. Because even even when you get the information from Google or Facebook or any other ad network that you're using. If you are a smart and savvy marketer, you will not rely on this data, on this data alone. You would mm -hmm. have your internal reporting system that will help you cross-reference the data. And you would like to sit and crunch the numbers and see, I don't know, maybe because I'm East European, I'm naturally suspicious. <laughs> when, <laughs> I mean, when Google tells me you had so many clicks, I, I don't quite trust Google. I like to verify. Right, right. Trust, but verify. Right. Um, and, and this has happened uh, to me a lot, especially in the fintech industry, uh, where, first of all, budgets are huge. Second of all, um, uh, costs per click and per acquisition are through the roof. So when you're mm -hmm. pouring all that money, you kind of want to know what's happening and where is your money going and how you can right. redirect this money in a more efficient way. But when you contact your account manager on Google, if you're lucky enough to have one and you know be able mm -hmm. to get in touch with them, um, the answer that you usually get is, oh, did you set your pixel right? Um, or did you, you know, did you yeah. set up a <laughs> tag manager? Did you did you set your events right? You're probably not tracking the right events. And I'm like, mm. whatever events I'm tracking, you're telling me I've got so many visits and so many clicks. And I don't mm -hmm. I don't have the customers logged in into my system, right? Yeah. So something is something is broken along the way, um, right? And and I think that this is where blockchain come comes in. Uh, when you when you use blockchain to manage uh, ad inventory sales, you have the accountability that you don't have with centralized networks. You have the transparency uh, that that you need, and that is not. Um, I mean, that's not always the case with blockchain uh, ad networks uh, right now and with ad tech, because a lot of, and, and, and sadly the reason for that is that a lot of existing ad networks would tell you they are a blockchain or a crypto ad network. And what they mean by that is uh, either that they serve the crypto industry um, and they serve crypto clients, or they um, they accept payments in crypto, but not a lot of them use the actual technology for their advertising engines. And I think that this is what the, this is where blockchain has the, the biggest benefit, and this is what we do with Amber Addicts. Um, what we do, for example, is we translate each and every ad impression um, on the network. Uh, to mm -hmm. a micropayment on Ethereum, on the Ethereum blockchain. So oh. um, given that every impression is a micropayment, it is written on the blockchain. We do mm. uh, consolidate them to save on, on fees, obviously, and to make the, uh, the network more scalable and more efficient. But because every impression is a payment and it is written on the blockchain, if you want, obviously we provide you the reporting within your ad account, but if you want to verify this data and make sure that we're not giving you incorrect information, mm -hmm. then you can do that. You can, as yeah. long as you know how to read the blockchain, and even when you don't know how to read the blockchain, we can still help you um, and give you pointers and tell you where to look and how to look so that you're able to read this data and make sure that, yes, you have not been paying uh, to reach a non-existing uh, audience or you haven't been paying click bots uh, mm. or you haven't been a, um, 
a subject to ad fraud, which happens so often that it's just it's insane. Um, so I think that this is this is one of the one of the uh, reasons that the market opened up a niche for us to kind of sweep in, <laughs> like, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. just just find find our spot there and and build what we're building. And I think that there's a, this is a market that has been underexplored, so to say. Um, I think yeah. that a lot more ad tech companies should look into into blockchain uh, as a technology that can help them serve their clients better, serve their advertisers and their publishers in a more meaningful way. And I think that this is this is the one thing that yeah that matters the most um, when you are a marketing manager with a budget that needs to be spent in an optimal way, right? And also when you are a publisher that needs to monetize their their traffic uh, in a certain way. I think that that yeah it, it really matters. And then at the end of the day, all this is done through a smart contract, so you don't have an intermediary, you don't have a middleman, you're not paying anybody any right. fees. The only fees that you're paying basically are the fees on the blockchain, like the network fees, uh, mm -hmm. which are unavoidable at this at this point. But they're not as significant as traditional ad network fees are. As you know, Google, for example, gets a cut of up to thirty percent what they claim. What I've noticed, it's, it's it's actually closer to forty percent, thirty-eight to forty percent, is the cut oh, that they take goodness. from publishers. And these are the hidden fees that advertisers pay and not even know that they pay them yeah. um, and it it is it is in your contract it is in your contract it, is, it is in there it is <laughs> we don't read that <laughs> so, no 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 i mean I, I i read contracts i'm one of those crazy people who yeah. reads contracts mm -hmm. but it is hidden so deep that you don't really see it unless you start digging deep so mm -hmm. once you start digging and then again, I've been lucky enough to work for projects with budgets large enough to have my own account manager at Google. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I have half-mouthedly gotten the answer, well, you know, the missing 30% of your budget is actually what we take in fees. Oh, do you now? Mm -hmm. So, you know, it happens. It happens right. all the time, every day in traditional ad networks. So I think... I think this is where where uh, blockchain blockchain comes in. It helps you first of all. It helps you bring transparency back to the table. It helps you optimize the cost, and overall, it brings the trust back to that market because right now, so many companies are wary and they don't want to like they know they know that they need to do digital marketing in order to be successful, especially if we're talking about retail and e-commerce. But they kind of don't want to do it because they know that, you know, it's a bottomless pit where the money goes and disappears. And, you know, there's this black box when it comes to, to their ad spend. And then on the other hand, suddenly there is no black box when it comes to tracking consumer habits and invading user privacy and, and gathering all that data that is able to predict um purchases of a particular individual based on their past purchasing history and past internet behavior and at a certain point it is scary because on the one hand you're not getting the returns that you are uh, that you should be getting and then on the other hand you are doing what you're doing at the cost of user privacy so you are basically yeah. you're victimizing your end users instead of you know nurturing them 
you are grabbing their data and, and giving it to the ad network, whether willingly or not. And I think that this is something that has been that has been a problem with the within the ad tech industry for a very long time now. And I think it's time that we we kind of get out of this habit of of uh, invading user user privacy and profiling Absolutely. and bringing working together to achieve an internet where people don't actually hate ads; they trust yeah. them. And they are happy to see them instead of using an ad blocker because ultimately this will lead to just a better internet altogether. Right, right. Oh my goodness. I mean, you just really broke down the absolute pros, right, for, for blockchain and and how Empire is really helping out and also how it really plays into the marketing space, right? You know, we talk about removing that middleman like Google and like Facebook, right? Understanding that your data is not stolen or sold, right? You know, I mean, it's, it's, it's huge benefits out there. So, you know, I really appreciate that. And, and audience, as you know, what I like to do is I like to end with what I call a dope nugget, dope gem, right? A summarization of what I've learned today. And what I've learned is that you need to go to Ambire, right? <laughs> <If anything. laughs> Absolutely. No, Absolutely. No, if there's Ambire, one takeaway, right? <laughs> that's that's the one takeaway. You know, go and use Ambire Addicts and Ambire Wallet. And <laughs> right, right. No, but but seriously though, I mean the the way that the world is becoming, you know, this this cryptocurrency world, this this blockchain world, understanding and educating yourself on that is key. But but getting something that makes you feel at home, right? You know, getting it to something that makes you feel like, okay, you're not running away from it because you're scared, you know, that you're going to lose your money or you're scared that somebody's going to hack into your stuff, right? There's benefits to blockchain, as we talked about today, right? You have security, transparency. You have, you know, as I mentioned, your data is neither sold or stolen, right? You're preventing frauds, right? Companies out there that want to prevent frauds, there you go. Uh, users that want to prevent frauds, there you go. You're completely eliminating that middleman and you're strengthening monetization of the content itself, right? You're strengthening that. And so, you know, I I just want to leave you with that. And, and also, I mean, something that I took away that's very, very, um, I don't know if everybody else heard this, that simplicity, right? It's key. Simplicity. Absolutely to something that is complex will bring more people, right? That's that's marketing one-on-one, honestly, <laughs> it seems like, <laughs> you know, and you're bringing that with blockchain. So, you know, uh, Vanina, is there anything that you want to share with the audience as a last um, observation? Well, I, I, you know, if I have to, you know, to leave a, a sound bit, uh, if you wish, I would like to uh, to ask people not to be afraid to uh, to ask back for their privacy and their data, uh, and for advertisers and publishers not to be afraid to ask back for accountability mm. and and transparency, um, so that we all achieve uh, a much much cleaner web. Uh, mm -hmm. that we can live in because if there's something that the last couple of years showed us for sure it's that we're going to be living online a lot more than we ever imagined uh, in the yeah. future so 
Um, <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, let's let, let's make the work of of the future uh, digital archaeologists easy and and use blockchain and immutable data. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, thank you for that. I appreciate it. And now it is time for the fun part. All right, we're gonna have a little bit of fun. Everybody knows the game that I like to play. It is called Overrated, Underrated. Uh, shout out to Gary V, motivational speaker that I follow. And, you know, what I do is I will ask, or I will throw out a series of topics, right? Seven to 10 topics, maybe. And you get to decide whether you believe it's overrated, underrated, or right where it needs to be. All right. Are you ready for the game? I am ready. Actually looking forward to it a lot. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. First one, napping. Oh my God, napping is so underrated. <laughs> so literally so underrated. Just before just before we got on this uh, on this podcast, I pinged my sister, uh, who is a mom to a newborn. My nephew uh -huh. is four three and a half months old. Uh, and I asked her, Hey, how's the baby doing? She said, He's been napping for three hours now. Oh and man. Thing, and the only thing I could think of was I am so jealous of this tiny yeah. human. I love napping. I think napping is amazing. Uh, back then when we were working at an office, we did purchase a very comfortable couch for napping. And we had, we, oh like my to goodness. we have an open nap policy in, in, the, <laughs> in the company because a 20, a 20, 15 to 20 minute nap is something that can recharge you beyond belief. Yeah. Um, yeah. I love power naps. This is what I, you know, I, I survive on coffee and power naps. Um, yeah. And I think that napping is is so underrated. And honestly, I am so annoyed at little children who don't want to nap. Why don't you oh, want to do that? Goodness. This is your like, chance to do it. Like, just just do it. Yeah. It's your chance. You don't have any responsibility. You don't have to go to work. You don't have a meeting or a Zoom call. Just take a nap. Take a nap, yeah, you know. You know, napping. they want to take a nap, but they're like so infatuated with the world and what's going on. For some reason, they decide to cry about it and not take this nap, right? And I'm I'm a big fan of naps, right? And I I actually take naps not because I want to. I'm also I'm like forced to take a nap, right? If I see a bed or if I'm like in a car in an Uber or something, you know, or wherever it is, I'm just. I'll just fall asleep because I'm catching up on so many things. But that nap, you ever had that nap where it was only like 15 minutes and it felt like you went into the next day, right? That real serious nap. Absolutely. <laughs> That's the Absolutely. best nap ever. <laughs> and these are, oh my God, these are amazing. And, you know, seeing a couch and having 15 minutes disposable mm -hmm. in your hands and not taking a nap is just a wasted opportunity. Like, I mean, seriously, exactly. I know that we're we're basically raised to believe that we should be overperforming and being active every single yeah, yeah. moment of, of our waking life. No, we need to take naps to recharge and mm -hmm. to regain and like become more creative and sometimes even to just clear our heads and you know prepare for an important meeting. Naps are so underrated. People take more naps, please. This is gonna make people so much calmer. And so, so much more enjoyable. <laughs> All right. You're right. You're right. All right. Next one. Sunny beach in Bulgaria. Oh, oh <laughs> yeah. That is very overrated. Very, it is? very oh my overrated. Oh, my God. I remember, I'm looking at the picture. The... Like, this looks so beautiful. I have to go. But it's overrated? 
these are oh these are directed pictures you know these are these have been taken oh, with professional yeah. the like you know stage managers <laughs> uh, so to say no i i remember uh the, the bulgarian seaside is beautiful it's amazing we have uh we have lovely beaches uh, the trouble with our tourist industry, and especially with Sunny Beach, is that um, I remember it when I was a kid. There were a couple of hotels um, and a lot of bus space and huge, lovely beaches. And today it has been, it's, you can basically um, handshake uh, with somebody staying at the hotel next door. This is how close mm -hmm. hotels are built next to each other. Oh, so, my goodness. You know, the, space, the space is basically running, yeah, it's becoming a concrete jungle and it's running out of space. Mm -hmm. And obviously when you have so many hotels that are full at capacity uh, every summer, because we have really nice weather here, uh, then the beaches are overcrowded and it's just not enjoyable. It's not nice anymore. So uh, I'm going to be completely honest with you. I vacation in Spain. Because oh, I nice. like to have a little bit of, I like to have a little bit of space around me. So I, I usually vac vacation in in Spain or in Greece. Um, but yeah, Sunny Beach is very overrated. Also, service so bad. You go to restaurants and bars, and the wait stuff is annoyed that you're there to spoil their evening, and you know, <laughs> pouring money into that whole industry, and you know, make sure that they get paid at the end of the evening. So this is something else that I don't quite appreciate. Um, then on the other hand, very lax rules for underage drinking. So this brings oh. a lot of uh, a lot of Brits and um, uh, yeah, a lot of tourists from from Western Europe <laughs> to, the, <laughs> to the place. It is a, it is a I mean, if I, I suppose that if I were sixteen and looking to get wasted and have a good time, Sunny Beach would be a great place. <laughs> um, but in my in my mid thirties, I, I would much rather go to Spain. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Um, would I'm still going to 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 make make that trip, you know, and, and definitely see it out because the pictures, I don't know, they're so beautiful. It just changes me. But uh, all right. So next, the printer. The printer. We. <laughs> um, I I don't know how to answer. I don't know how to answer that because I mean. Uh, at the end of the day, the result that you get by being able to print pictures and, and words on paper uh, without actually having to type them on a typewriter, I suppose it, it's, it's, it's great. But then on the other hand, printers, I don't know if you've seen that tweet. It was very popular and I loved it. When Rage Against the Machine chose their name, they didn't specify which machine they're raging against, but it surely was a printer, right? <laughs> have you noticed how printers, like you never have that problem with your microwave or with your smartphone or with any other piece of technology that you use on a daily basis. Yeah. But printers, they have a mind of their own. It's like, yeah. I have been printing for you every single day on this network with the same settings and things have gone great. But today, for some reason, I will not print. And you yeah. will restart your computer and you will switch networks and you will switch <laughs> me off and on again. And then you will uh -huh. reconnect to your computer and maybe you will reconfigure my settings and I will still not print. And then uh -huh. this will continue for three days. And in three days, I will randomly start printing again, but mm -hmm. only 
for your computer, nobody else on this <laughs> network will be able to print, right? I imagine this is what, what the internal monologue of a printer would be if they uh -huh. were animate objects. Right, so right. I think that, yeah, to be honest, you know, because they get a lot of points for, you know, printing and then mm -hmm. they lose a lot of points uh, for being for being so, um, yeah, <laughs> uh, so I don't know, yeah. with, with a mind Not of their own. So I would say that they're just where they need to be. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I think they're overrated. Like, who uses a printer anymore? You know, but at the same time, like, I just switched to a new job and 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 they for some reason, make me print, right? You know, things out and, and I have to sign. <laughs> and I'm like, there's no digital signature here. I got to print this out. So, you know, I have a printer for people like that, right? For companies like that who say, look, you must print this out. You must get this notarized. And I mean, stuff just needs to transfer to digital, you know, somehow because I cannot take it anymore, you know? <laughs> yeah, but then how do you print out your memes to stick in your cubicle? Yeah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. no, I'm kidding. But like, no, seriously, on a on a on a more serious note, yeah, we are a very paperless, um, paperless uh, office, um, mm -hmm. and we always struggle to find a pen when we need to sign something. Um, yeah. But uh, but the Bulgarian labor legislation, for example, requires us to keep so many paperwork uh, oh. that is literally printed. So you know, there's still. And again, yeah, as you said, it could be digitized. It could be, but mm -hmm. will it be? No, no, it's not going to be. Yeah. Uh, because, yeah. you know, government. So yeah. um, so the printer is useful, but yeah, for our, you know, for our administrative stuff, the rest of us just use the printer to just print out memes. And right. yeah, that's, yeah, that's yeah. it. We don't really print a lot of stuff because again, yeah, it's, it's digital. You mm -hmm. have a phone, right? You have a screen. Why do you need to print something that you can just sign on, on your screen? Right, right. Absolutely. All right. One more thing, right? And I hope I say this right. The banitsa. Oof. The It's pronounced banitsa? Banita. Okay, okay. Ba banita. Yes. Banita. banita. Okay. And, it, and if, it, it, if sounds... you don't know what this is, right, this is a tasty dish. It's a traditional Bulgarian pastry made by right. layering a combination of beaten eggs and and bits of cheese amongst the pastry, supposedly, right? So I looked at it, I said, best food. I have to figure out what it is. And that's what came up, right? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I am, um, I, I love banita. I love banita because, yeah, as you said, it's basically a baked, um, a a baked good that is phyllo pastry and uh -huh. in between the different layers of phyllo pastry you put this filling of uh, beaten eggs and uh, Bulgarian feta cheese uh -huh. uh, and and then you bake it and you put a little bit of butter on top of it and then you bake it and you can eat it hot and you can eat it cold and mm. you can eat it at breakfast or you can eat it you sound like you make them on your own I, it is amazing I mean even the store-bought <laughs> ones are great the homemade ones yeah. even better uh, it is not very hard to make, honestly, as long as okay. you can get your hands on phyllo pastry, because I know that it's not like here in Bulgaria, you can buy phyllo pastry like everywhere. I know mm -hmm. that in, in different countries, it's not that, that popular. So you have to go to like, I don't know, the Greek store to find phyllo uh, pastry because Greeks use that a lot as well. 
but it is it is a very typical traditional Bulgarian dish, which uh, which is amazing, and that's actually uh, my brother-in-law is not Bulgarian, um, and that's one of his favorite favorite things, especially oh, on man. New Year's. Whenever we're celebrating, because mm-hmm. there's this you know being a traditional dish, it's obviously incorporated in different rituals and you know traditions. So a tradition that we have in Bulgaria is on New Year's Eve, uh, well on New Year's Day. I suppose, New Year's morning, um, mm-hmm. the family gets together or, you know, you get together with friends and you have, uh, you, you, you cut together the banitza. It's usually baked in a, in a round dish. So you cut the banitza and you take a piece and in the piece, you find a little, um, a little piece of paper wrapped in, in tin foil. And on the paper is um, kind of like a, we, we call them, you know, like wishes. I don't know how mm-hmm. to translate it properly, but yeah, it's kind of like, it determines the direction of your next year. So, for example, mm-hmm. your piece of paper may say you're going to win the lottery. So that means you're going to get into some money uh, next year. Yeah, maybe yeah. I don't know. It's it's all superstition, <laughs> but it's fun. Yeah. It's fun. It's, it's fun. 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 Yeah. So banita is a must-have. When you make it to Bulgaria, banita is a must-have. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, you know, I really appreciate you being on the guest on the podcast, Vanina. It's been a pleasure um, we've learned so much on here, right, about blockchain, about digital marketing, about how to uh, how they're correlating. You know, we learned about crypto wallets, right? We learned about what you're doing at Empire. I mean, it is this is an amazing podcast. I mean, if you audience, you need to listen to the full thing because you know we've done we've done a lot of education on blockchain and and the way the world is going with that. You know, especially with crypto wallets and the problems that are going on with crypto wallets and how Empire is solving them. Um, Again, audience, thank you as always for being on the Data is My Science podcast, the show that makes data your passion. I'm your host, Dapper Data. Where can they reach you at, Vanina? And is there anything that you want to share or that you're promoting, like a book or anything like that? Well, I'm promoting Ambar Wallet always. Uh, just, Amber. you know, <laughs> come check it out. You can find us at ambire.com. Uh, and then if you follow, if you want to follow me, you can do that on Twitter. My handle there oh, yeah. is at at inks i n k s i'm that old that i have a four letter twitter handle (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah you can also join the ambire community chats on telegram and discord i'm also there there you can find me on linkedin so if you want to i'm i'm very easy to find i'm a very easy target for stalkers Um, (laughs) and and for people who want to just just want to connect um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but yeah, and I would like to thank you so much for having me on the on the podcast, Abradada. It has been a real pleasure. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And as everybody knows, you can reach me at Mr. Dapper Data on any one of the social media platforms. The link is always in the bio um, if you follow me. And also uh, the book, definitely check out the book as well um, on uh, being able to understand social media analytics. Uh, and I love you all, audience. Peace. See you next time. Thank you for listening to the Data is My Science podcast, the show that makes data your passion with your host, Dapper Data.